rejoice and be glad in it. The Bible tells us, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. We just want to welcome you today to the Tabernacle of Praise Worship Service. It's truly going to be a blessing. We want you just to start a watch party, text somebody, tell them it's time to get on, it's time for church. It's time to bless the Lord because he has been so good. Just say hallelujah, praise some, praise the Lord this morning, greet somebody. This is normally our time to go around and, and give everybody a holy hug. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. But we can't do that, so we're going to do it electronically today. We missed that, that personal touch. You know, we've been doing this now. This is our 25th week. You realize next week will be half a year that we've been doing this online. Man, the time is gone. And I don't even know when the end of it's going to be. But I'm so glad that we call this virtual service. But I'm so glad we don't serve a virtual God. He's not almost God. He's not practically God. He is the real thing. And he has given us real blessings. And for that, we need to say praise the Lord this morning. So we know we're living in some perilous times. We know people are people furloughed, people have been laid off, people are hurting financially. There's sickness, there's death all around us. If there was ever a time we need the Lord before us, if there was ever a time we need to look up to the hills from whence cometh our help, it's right now. And so Elder McCray is going to lead us to the throne of grace this morning. Good morning and happy Sabbath. It is good to come together to, with God and to communicate with him. So with that being said, every head is bowed. Let us pray. Holy Father, Holy Son, and Holy Spirit, you have commanded us to assemble in the beauty of your holiness on these sacred hours. Now, by our obedience, we ask that what you intended for the Sabbath to be for us today, allow it to be fulfilled. So it will benefit us in our relationship with you and with one another. So that being said, spirit of the living God, fall afresh on your people around the whole globe that you created this day for. So we can experience you, Lord, like never before. And our souls will fill with joy and peace and prosperity. And we set our work aside today. We leave our cares behind today to worship you today on your holy and Sabbath day. So now 
now we ask that you pour out the anointing on your people. So God, we will be able to march forward in truth and with the blessings of God, knowing that you are on our side and that we have nothing to worry about because soon and very soon we are going to see our king. So God, we ask right now for your anointing that you touch your maid servant now and let the words of her mouth and the meditation of her heart be acceptable in your sight and you will bless your people and we will our finances will be blessed our health will be blessed lord our mind will be blessed but most importantly our salvation will be blessed because our our calling and election will be sure because of what you're about to do today so jesus christ son of the living god be high and lifted up and we exalt you now and we are forever going to love you in Jesus' name. Bless us. Amen. Thank you, Elder Tori. We appreciate that. And now it's Elder Carol here with your stewardship nugget. And a lot of times people say, here comes Elder Carol with more stewardship information. He always giving us information on stewardship. Well, let me tell you something, church family. Stewardship is about transformation, not just information. It's about transformation, not just information. Are you allowing Jesus to transform your heart? Are you allowing his Holy Spirit to transform you into a good and faithful steward? Of course, the information is there when we talk about stewardship of time, talent, temple, and treasure. When you think about time, the information is 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day. That's the information. The transformation is, how are you using your time to praise God? How are you using your time to lead someone else to Christ? Are you using your time to learn more about Jesus? We think of our talents. Of course, talents, the ability to sing, the ability to work with computers, the ability to encourage people, those are all talents. But the, that information, the transformation is, how am I using my talent to tell someone about Christ? How am I using my talent to edify the church? How am I using my talent to lead somebody to Jesus? That's the transformation part. What about temple? We all know the information about the temple, our bodies, head bone connected to the knee bone, knee bone connected to the ankle bone or whatever. That's just information. How are you using your body to be a witness and to glorify Christ? Are you using your body in a healthful manner, following the health rules so that you can create a temple fit for the Holy Spirit to live in? Are you using your body as an example of what following Christ can do for a person's health? That's the transformation. What about treasure? 10 cents, in it, 10 cents equals a dime, 10 dimes equal a dollar, 10 dollars equals, well, 10 dollars, but that's the information part. How are you using the funds that God has given you to forward the work? How are you using the funds and the treasure that God has given you to help someone who needs food or someone who's suffering or struggling? How are you using your treasure to draw you into a closer dependence upon Christ? It's not just information. Stewardship's not just information. It's about transformation, allowing God's Holy Spirit to transform your heart into the heart of a good and perfect steward. We also want to remind you to be faithful and tithe an offering for, uh, for our church family. 
please send in your tithes and offering to the Cash App using dollar sign top giving. You can also use the adventistgiving.org website and look up Tabernacle Praise Spanish Lake. And also you can mail it in to our treasurer, Sister Teresa Harris. But however you do it, remember stewardship's about transformation, not just information. May God bless you with this beautiful Sabbath day. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, Elder Carol, for encouraging us to be faithful stewards because God has truly been faithful to us. Before our special music, or before our, our word today, I want to introduce our speaker for today who is no stranger to us. She has is the vice president of finance for the Central States Conference and has been serving faithfully for many years. And Sister Anderson has truly been a blessing as she has faithfully served our conference. And I just thank God for her faithfulness in, in this conference, leading us through these troublous times. These are some rough times, but God has blessed us to have the right person at the helm. And we just thank God for her, for her steadfast dutifulness of working for the Lord. And we just uh, want to pray for her as she lifts us up today, lift the word up today. We know she has a, a strong message. Sister Anderson has a, a very um, playful personality. She's calls herself amateur comedian sometimes. I love her quick wit. And she has been a friend, her and Michael. And we just want to continue to pray for their family, their two children. And we just want to pray that today that you will receive this blessing from the Lord that God has for us today. So after our songbird, Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson, the next voice you will hear will be that of Elder Tanya Anderson. Praise the Lord. Thank you. 
Amen and good morning to everyone. I'm going to tell you right up front, cameras and I don't get along. So if it looks like I'm looking everywhere but the camera, just listen to the word. That's all that's going to matter this e this morning. I thank uh, Elder Harris for the introduction. Uh, one correction, I have three children. Uh, you only see two because one is grown. So they're not usually with us. So we have three children. And I wanna thank you as the officer of finance for Central States Conference. I am not at the helm. I only follow behind Jesus. And it is because you are being faithful. And so for that, I'd like to say thank you and to remind you to continue to be faithful in spite of everything that's going on, COVID, president, whatever, you are to remain faithful in all that you do for Christ. And that includes returning a faithful tithe and offering. All right. And so, of course, I bring you greetings from Central States Conference here in Kansas City and my colleagues, uh, Elder Bernard, the president and vice president uh, for administration, Christian Josiah. I ask that you continue to pray for us as we try to navigate through these times. And um, come on, let's all go to heaven together as Central States Conference family. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father God in heaven, we thank you for this day for your blessed Sabbath day. We thank you for your goodness, your love, and your mercy. Lord, we know that if we look at everything that's in front of us and TV and listen to everything, uh, it could just drive us insane. But because we look to you, Lord, we just thank you for keeping us in our right minds. We ask now that as we listen from a word on high from you, that you will hide me, Lord, that they will only hear and see what you would have for them to receive today. Bless us and keep us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, our message this morning will come from two passages in the book of Acts. Acts chapter one, starting with verses four through eight, 
and ending with verses, Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. So our first passage is in Acts chapter 1, beginning with verses 4 through 8. Now, I know you're online, but you still should have your Bible somewhere around. Pull them up, pull them out, look them up, download down your app, your physical Bible. Let's all get into the Word this morning. All right, Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4, it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And dare I say, St. Louis, Missouri, or Spanish Lake, where the church is. Now let's go on down to verse 12, Acts chapter one, verse 12, it says, then they, the disciples, returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. <clears throat> and when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The 11 disciples had just returned from the Mount of Olives. Why only 11, you ask? Well, we all know the story. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 47 to 49, and while he was speaking, behold, Judas, one of the 12 with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. You know, when people do dirty deeds, they like to come coming in bunches so they have backup. So he didn't come by himself. He brought all these, this, this ammo with him to take down Jesus. He really had a short, short uh, memory uh, as far as thinking he could bring all that to take down Jesus, but he tried it anyway. And in verse 48, he says, now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings rabbi, and kissed him. Judas was no longer a part of the divinely designated dozen. Oh, mercy. I'm telling you, pray for me in these computers here, this uh, video stuff. We're going to get through it. The devil is a liar. All right. In Matthew 27, we know that Christ was crucified on the cross and buried in a tomb. And this caused much grief and sorrow to the disciples and to those who followed Christ while he was still on the earth. But in Matthew 28, we know death could not hold him because on the third day, our Savior rose from the grave so that you and I might be saved and have the gift of eternal life. This brought great joy to the disciples and those who followed Christ while he remained on the earth. For 40 days from the time of the resurrection of Christ until he ascended into heaven, Jesus appeared before the disciples on several occasions, preparing them for things to come. No, Christ never leaves us out there by ourselves. When he wants us to do something, he prepares us for it. He sends something, for, he sends the Holy Spirit. He sends guidance. He sends people that are 
giving us words of encouragement. He never leaves us out there by ourselves. The only way we're out there by ourselves is if we sit out there by ourselves and thinking we are all alone. But even then, Christ has his eye on us. Now that you have been reminded of some of the backstory, let's get to today's message. You know, sometimes you got to know the backstory so the current story makes sense. You know, when people try to tell you what's happening today, you might be confused or puzzled. So they might need to tell you, though, what had happened next so you can be up to speed on what's happening. So now we are in Acts chapter one, and there were only 11 disciples that had just returned from the Mount of Olives. It had taken them about a Sabbath day's journey, approximately 2,700 feet or half a mile. What they had just experienced was amazing. Christ had ascended into heaven, word had gotten back to Jerusalem before they even got back to Jerusalem. But when the people saw them, the people looked on them expecting to see their faces with expressions of sorrow, confusion, and defeat. But what they saw was gladness and triumph. The disciples did not mourn over this disappointed hopes. They had seen the risen savior and the words of his parting promise echoed constantly in their ears. Of course, their dear friend, teacher, and master had been physically removed from them, but Jesus had assured the disciples that he would send them not a substitute, but another comforter, the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples returned to Jerusalem, not mourning, but full of joy. When last they looked upon the Lord, his countenance shone with heavenly brightness, and he smiled lovingly upon them. Those hands that had so often been stretched forth in the act of blessing the sick and the afflicted and rebuking demons, those hands who had been bruised by the cruel nails were mercifully extended as though in the disciples they embraced the whole world and called down a blessing upon all the followers of Christ. Beams of light seemed to emanate from those dear hands and to fall upon the watching waiting ones. The disciples had received their assignments and it seemed simple enough. Go ye therefore into the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I think sometimes we forget that as Christians. <clears throat> sometimes our, our assignment seems so daunting, so we feel like we're out there by ourselves. But just like the Lord promised the disciples that he would be with them till the end, promises for us too and so we need to claim it when we're down and out don't know which way to turn Christ has promised that he would be with you just like he promised the disciples after all they had just spent one-on-one -on -one time with the savior how hard could it be they had experienced firsthand who and what Jesus was about they had seen miracles performed heard powerful sermons preached Witnessed great acts of nature, the calming of the wind and the sea, fish and bread multiplying, lame men walking, blind men seeing, children being blessed, and widows with oils of containers of oil running over, pressed down, running over, as they say. But Jesus knew that no matter how easy it seemed and how obvious it might appear to the disciples, that they wouldn't be able to accomplish this on their own hands with their own might. Remember that had been a couple of times mentioned in the Bible and maybe other times. Mm 
when the disciples had to be reminded that on their own, they couldn't do anything. Let's take a look in Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse 14. That's Matthew 17, starting with verse 14. And it says, when they were to come to the multitudes, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. Now he's speaking to the disciples. For he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and often to the water. This man is bringing his son because he's heard that the disciples have been hanging around Jesus and that they have power. So he falls and he begs them to take care of his son. And I brought, and he says, have mercy on me. And he brings them to the disciples and the disciples can't do anything. They've been around Jesus all this time and they can't heal the boy. So the, the father says, fine, I'll just wait for Jesus to come. Just step out of my way. I'll wait for the real power to show up. How many of us are like that? We, we say we're with Jesus. We've been with Jesus. And, you know, we believe. And when people come and ask us for, you know, a word or, or encouragement or, or to, to, to give a testimony, we, we can't do it. Or we, we have to go back to testimony from 15 years ago because you just have no power now. The man says, that's all right. I'll just wait. And he brought him to the disciples and they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and the devil left and the child was cured that very hour. And of course, you know, the disciples had to be a little embarrassed because, you know, they said they'd been around Jesus and, you know, they were ready to do their stuff, but they forgot. Um, where their power came from. And then they, they went over to Jesus to the side and they said, um, why couldn't we cast, cast out the devil? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, move, and it'll get up and move. And nothing shall be impossible to you. We can't even keep mustard seed faith sometimes. God takes us through blessings and, 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 and trials and tribulations, and we, we can stop right then and there and fall to our knees and give him praise and shout and run all over the place, go to sleep and get up the next day and go, what do I do now? That's not how we as Christians are to operate. We are to operate in the faith, in the know that God took care of us yesterday. He'll take care of us today. Although Tomorrow's not promised. If we wake up tomorrow, he will take care of us then too. One Bible scholar puts it this way. When Christ and his three disciples, Peter, James, and John came down from the mount to the other nine with whom the multitude of the people were during their stay on the mountain, there came to him a certain man who says, as Mark says, one of the multitude. And as Luke referred to him, a man of the company who had applied to the nine disciples on behalf of his son but without success was waiting till Christ and was waiting till Christ came from the mountain. So here you have a father who is great in great need of help from those who have been around the source of power, but apparently they were not plugged into the power. Now, a lot of us have cell phones, if not everybody, and you have a cell phone and you have a charger. If your phone loses power and you're holding the charger in your hand, and you're standing near a power outlet, 
or you know where the power outlet is, will the phone work? No, it won't work. What must you do for the phone to work? You have to plug it into the power source. Many of us are around Christ, but we're not plugged into Christ. You got your Bible on your phone, but do you read it? We know we need to have a dialogue with Christ through prayer. So we, make, we may read a short devotional or say a quick prayer as we rush out the door or before we close our eyes at night. But some of us don't even give him a chance to answer the phone. We hang up on the first ring so we can at least say, I called, but he didn't answer. The father with his son realized if he was going to get any relief, any healing for his son, he had to wait for the ultimate power, Christ himself. He had to wait because the disciples couldn't do what they had been given the authority to do because they didn't have enough faith. Is that us? We say we've been with Christ. We have our Bibles. We walk into the church every week. Well, we used to. Hopefully that'll come back soon, maybe. We sing the same songs. We say we have faith, but do we really believe that? Where there is unbelief, there is no faith. Where there is no faith, there is no power. Where there is no power, there is no light. Where there is no light, there is darkness. And where there is darkness, there is no hope. And where there is no hope, there is no life. When you don't wait on the Lord or have the covering of the comforter, the Holy Spirit, you get cold. You are not fired up and your power source is weak or non-existent. The man who was looking for the power of Jesus to work a miracle in his life first came to the ones who had been seen with Christ, who had been walking with Christ. But with Christ not around, apparently he was out of sight, out of mind, out of power. So knowing the disciples as Jesus did and the people to come after, such as you and I, Christ knew that he had to send another comforter, another power source to guide those he has called to do as they, the disciples, have been called to do, to share the gospel. People will come to you looking for a miracle, for hope, for love, for something other than what they have, something better than they have now because you say you have a relationship with Jesus. You say you love Jesus, but when they actually talk with you and interact with you, they realize that you can't do anything for them. You can't even point them in the right direction. You talk a good game, but truth be told, your game is weak. You don't have any power. You didn't wait for it. You took off without it. You got up this morning and instead of asking for the Holy Spirit to guide your tongue and order your steps, instead of making, asking the comforter to wrap you up, you had just enough power to give you that surface glow. But after the first blow from the devil, the glow grew dim. It just faded. So before Jesus ascended to heaven, he commanded the disciples to return to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, the power the disciples needed to carry out their special commission from the Lord. Wait's a four-letter word, and some people make wait a negative four-letter word because they're impatient. They don't think that God knows the timeline of whatever their issue is or whatever their emergency is. People tend to put God on their clock. But God asked the disciples, Jesus asked the disciples to wait. 
And sometimes we just need to wait because sometimes we're asking for things that we're really not ready for. But yet we want it and we don't want to wait. Did the disciples say, oh no, Jesus, we don't need any more power. We have spent time with you. Even though no man knows the hour when the son of God returns, we got this. So, you know, whenever you come back or, you know, we're good. We, we don't need to have any more power. We can handle this. Nope, they didn't say that, but some of us do. Oh God, I'm good. Yeah, I prayed two weeks ago. I think I still got a little power left, I, I think. But, but if not, I, I know when to just, you know, bow my head and, you know, pray for a second and ask you, you know, for what I need. Um, yeah, I, I got this. The disciples didn't do this. They returned to Jerusalem as instructed. Did they sit around twiddling their thumbs, filling their minds with useless thoughts? Did they engage in idle chatter and character-destroying activities? No. The disciples spent their time in prayer and supplication to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because they had to empty themselves of all negative things, all negative and destructive things. You know, we're praying and asking God to bless us, but some of us are so full of negativity and destructive behavior, we don't even have room to receive the blessings that we're asking for. So sometimes we have to wait and go into prayer and supplication so we can make room, God can empty us so we can receive what he has for us. The disciples spent their time in prayer and supplication to be filled with the Holy Spirit. These days of preparation were days of deep heart searching. The disciples felt their spiritual need and cried to the Lord for the holy unction that was fit for them, the work of soul saving. They did not ask for blessings for themselves. They were weighted with the burden of the salvation of souls. They realized that the gospel was to be carried out to the world and they claimed the power that Christ had promised. Is this a one-time action? Absolutely not. Remember, the disciples, out of sight, out of mind, out of power. We must replenish daily, every day, because our righteousness is as filthy rags. We as human beings, as sinners, daily allow other stuff to occupy space, which leaves very little room for the Holy Spirit. So yes, it must be a daily action. Acts 4, 31 and 32 says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said of any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. They prayed for the Holy Spirit. They prayed for the power. It was so strong that it shook the room. When's the last time you've been shook by the Holy Spirit? When's the time, when's the last time you've been received so much power that it just, just gave you the chills because you knew what God was preparing you to do. Wanted you to, he was preparing you for to do what he wanted you to do. If you haven't experienced that type of power yet, Maybe it's time that we go into prayer and supplication so that we can experience the power, the mighty power of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, were the disciples robots when they came out of prayer and supplication? Did they all think alike? Did they all move alike? 
Did they all nod their heads yes or no? No. They were still the same different people that had went into the room. Christ knew, knew who he chose to spread the gospel. Everybody can't reach everybody. We're not all alike. Praise God for that. There isn't two of me. That's a blessing. But God uses anyone who's willing to be used by him. So when the disciples came out, their personalities and all, they were ready to go. One accord meant they were on the same mission, the same purpose, which to, was to go out and share the gospel to all who would hear and all who would listen. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not all gonna do it the same way, but nobody's asking you to be a rebel without a cause either. There is a cause and that's to preach the gospel. But you can be you under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We like the disciples have been commissioned to go and tell others of the love of Christ and how he died on the cross so that they may live, so that they may find love, find hope in that miracle they've been looking for and receive the ultimate gift, the gift of eternal life when Jesus Christ returns in the clouds of glory. However, we cannot and must not do it alone. We have to wait. Wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives with power. The Spirit cannot fill where there is no void. That's like constantly putting in water in a pitcher that's already full and it's running over. We have to empty ourselves of the negativity of the destructive behavior so that we can receive that power from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot feel where there is no void. The Holy Spirit is being poured out now, but some people have lids on their lives that present, prevent the power of the Holy Spirit from entering their lives. If we are the chosen vessels of God, we must take the lids off our hearts so that we can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop holding the charger in your hand and plug it into the power source. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he shall send you a, give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That's the Holy Spirit. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be with you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's our power source. There's no reason we shouldn't plug into that power source. We need to humble ourselves and petition the Lord Jesus Christ through sincere prayer, deep study to prepare our minds and our hearts to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter one, beginning with verse four, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? It's not for you to know. You just need to wait for the Holy Spirit and you will be guided in the way that you should go. Now, wait doesn't mean go in your room and sit and do nothing. We're praying. We're asking God to cleanse our heart and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't have to tell you how crazy this world is. You see it yourselves. You hear it, you, it it's affecting your lives, your family. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. 
We have to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. And while we're waiting, we need to be able to receive it and then go out and share it. It does us no good to get this power and not use it. You probably got a neighbor next door who's struggling and doesn't know which way to turn, if you even know your neighbor next door, but that's another subject. Once you receive the power, you have to share it because it's so good you can't keep it to yourself. Go out and tell others about Christ. Go out and share that hope. Granted, not everybody's going to receive what you have to tell them, but it is still our assignment to go out and tell them. Share the gospel. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Follow God's commands and love Jesus Christ with all your heart. It's not as hard as you want to make it. As long as you're under the guidance of Jesus Christ, your Savior, and the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Father God, this morning, this afternoon, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we don't want to rush out and do what you've asked us to do with no power because it doesn't make any sense. The disciples thought they had power and they thought they could do what they had been doing with Christ. But then they forgot where their source came from, so they were ineffective. Lord, we don't want to be witnesses that are ineffective because empty witnesses bring nothing to anybody. And we don't want to be empty. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can go out and do what you've asked us to do, to preach the gospel to all the world. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we ask you to continue to be with those on this, this, um, this morning, our church on the website, Lord. Um, you know, this is a struggle, but we're going to get through it because you're at the helm of our lives. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, Elder Anderson, for that powerful message, experiencing the power. It's not just enough to know that power is available but we have to avail ourselves of that power, experience that power to make it through these troublous times. So hold on to that this week. And we want you just to continue to plug into that power so that you can share the good news and be salt and light in our community and not be discouraged and defeated, but be encouraged and, and we can be more than conquerors. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you again, Elder Anderson, for that powerful word this morning. And saints, we just want to remind you on Wednesday at seven o'clock, we want to experience that power as we plug in for prayer meeting. Amen. Where there's much prayer, there's much power. Little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. So we want you to tune in uh, at seven o'clock on this Wednesday. We're going to have a special mental health segment that's going to be uh, led by uh, Sister uh, Lakita Carroll. Amen. And uh, we also want you to continue to pray for our pastors and seeking uh, uh, housing. Continue to lift that up that everything will go according to God's plan. And on this evening, at this afternoon at 2.30, we're going to have our training uh, discipleship class led out by Elder Carroll. And we will be studying out of the book, Last Day Events, The Seal of God or the Mark of the Beast. You don't want to miss that. So with that being said, we're going to see you next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.